Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of Nutrition with Attitude. I'm Susanna Alexander, body positive nutritional therapist and today I've promised you a rant and I'm going to have a rant and I won't be the first person to have this rant and I probably won't be the last person to have it but I'm going to have it on my terms and the rant is about this new app that the company Weight Watchers has brought out, specifically aimed at children as young as age eight, getting them to focus on counting points, um, measuring portions, measuring food, and so on. Now, full disclosure here, I have in my time done Weight Watchers, and I'm not going to sort of grace or disgrace it further by commenting on what happened. Perhaps that's a story for another time. And it's not relevant. And this is why. And I know probably some of you have done Weight Watchers as well. And that's still not relevant. And this is why. Talking to an adult about food and what is a healthy eating practice for an adult is a very different scenario to talking to a child. When you're an adult, you can make more fully informed choices about what's good for you and your body. When you're a child, you don't necessarily have the equipment to do that. And also, your needs, and this is important, are very different from that of an adult. So even if you love Weight Watchers, even if it works really well for you, that doesn't mean it's right for your child. And why isn't it right for your child? Um, We know that in the vast majority of cases, quote unquote, dieting does not work. It doesn't matter what kind of diet you follow. It doesn't matter how you follow it. We know that in the long term, meaning over five years, dieting has about a 95% failure rate across the board. Okay, we, you know, we can talk about other different types of eating patterns another time but that's the truth that's the plain and simple truth that has been repeated in study after study so what are we doing when we ask our children or encourage our children to engage in any diet type behavior we are setting them up to fail as young as eight years old now whatever kind of parenting strategy you employ I cannot see that setting a child up to fail from the age of eight is going to encourage them or help them to eat healthily or give them good body image or anything like that. I I just I cannot see how setting up a child to fail is beneficial for that child. But you say, oh, but that child may succeed and they may lose weight. Well, they may and they may put it on again. And in the meantime, they will have acquired a whole load of behaviours and attitudes which you may not like seeing so much. Something I'd like to say straight off also is that children need to grow. And I've been in the world of teaching for over 25 years now. And I I see children around 9, 10, 11, 12 years old very often gain quite a bit of weight and sometimes you know they they, they can look pretty beefy and you know you might think they're overweight children by the time those children are 16 or 17 
what's happened is that they've had a big growth spurt and they're perfectly um they're perfectly within range in terms of size and shape but they've needed to take that extra size on board in the prepubescent years in order to in, to be able to supply the energy that's needed for that growth spurt and this is something we used to recognize and we used to you know in my day it was called puppy fat which maybe wasn't the most pc term but it kind of explained it uh, and we used to understand that this was a normal part of children's development. Now we jump up and down and say childhood obesity, la la la, and we put a label on them and we tell them they have to lose weight. And guess what? Weight Watchers is targeting the app at the very time at which children's bodies begin to change and they begin to get self-conscious about it. And that's not a coincidence. They're deliberately feeding into the insecurity that children have about their body in the prepubescent and pubescent stage. Is this helpful? Is this designed to make the increase the child's self-esteem? No, it's very, very cynical for me. This is what I think, okay? And this is my podcast, so my opinion. Um, here's the thing. You might be jumping up and down right now and saying to me, but Susanna, you're a nutritional therapist. Shouldn't you be encouraging healthy eating and healthy habits in children and young people? And the answer is yes, and I do. And I think that there are lots of fun ways to do this. There are lots of games that you can do with your children to enable them to try new foods. You can teach your children to listen to their bodies and listen to their hunger cues so that they're not um, overriding those hunger cues because it's mealtime or because they have to eat all the vegetables on their plate. Um, we can teach our children to be much more in tune with their bodies so they eat only what they need, not what society expects them to, to eat. Um, there are loads of ways to make healthy eating fun. One of the things that I, I would have done if I hadn't broken my finger, I would have done it by now, but I fully intend to do in the next few months, is to start a healthy cookery club for children. And it's not going to be ramming the word health down their throat and saying, eat your broccoli. It's going to be just teaching children about different ingredients and trying out different kinds of food. But all the ingredients and all the foods we make are going to be at the healthy end of things. And in fact, I've done this before in a cookery club I used to run. And the parents used to, you know, the children used to come out eating all this food that we'd made. And the parents used to go to me, but it's healthy food and my children are eating it. Yeah, they will if it's fun and if they get involved in the preparation. And I know if there are parents on here, you're really, really busy. And, you know, most of the time you just you've just got to struggle just to make the food and having the kids join in and all the mess and all the teaching them. It, it, you know, it's it's not always easy for you if you're a busy parent who's working or even who's parenting full time. I get that. And that's why I want to provide the service for you and for your children. So let's look at, is this app healthy? What's it encouraging children to do? It's encouraging children to get into this mentality of counting things. Count Whatever you do, whatever you count, points, whatever, whatever, it's still a method of counting. And it's still essentially saying the amount of food you eat in terms of quantity and calories will determine the size you are. 
we also know that this is not necessarily true. I don't discount calories altogether, but they're not the be all and end all. And so, again, you know, teaching something, children, a flawed methodology, something that isn't really supported in the literature fully, again, I think is a bit disingenuous. What else does this app do? Well, it encourages children to restrict certain foods and say they shouldn't be eaten every day. Now, if it was sweets and cakes and biscuits, I would get that. And indeed it does. But what are some of the other foods it says shouldn't be eaten every day? Chicken, oily fish, cheese if you eat dairy, avocados. Really? I, you know, I think parents have a hard enough time with children being fussy eaters and young children, you know, are often fussy eaters for a reason. Apparently, there is an inbuilt mechanism whereby at the age of two or three, they find things like vegetables very bitter. And it's an evolutionary mechanism designed that, you know, at the age where children put absolutely everything in their mouths they don't put in things that might be dangerous like poisonous berries. So all those those vegetable things taste bitter to them. But they grow out of that phase. And guess what happens? Just at the age when they're growing out of that phase and you can start to increase the variety in their diet and try new things with them, Weight Watchers goes, oh, no, you've got to restrict this and you've got to restrict that. And, you know, don't have avocado every day, even if you really, really like it because it's got fat in it. Well, guess what? Children need fat for their brains to develop and around puberty for their hormones to develop and providing it's the healthy kind of fat and, and actually how much avocado can a child eat? You know, you, you wouldn't expect a child who's listening to their hunger cues to be able to eat tons and tons of avocado every day. Um, and, you know, what is this with not eating oily fish? All the, okay, that I, I get in terms of mercury poisoning, but you don't want to get children afraid of oily fish. You know, children can, can eat two to three portions a week of oily fish if, if that's, you know, if, if fish is something you include in your family. And it sometimes it can be so hard to get children to eat fish. I know I've never been a great fan of white fish and oily fish was the fish I, I would eat when I was a child. And I'm sure other parents have the same issues. So you're suddenly telling children to restrict food at a time when you're just about being able to uh, to, or to restrict variety and not eat things so often at a time when when the children are ready to try different things so again you know this is this is quite a, a difficult dynamic I think uh, another thing is that you know when you when you restrict children's food and when you when you give them this idea that there are good and bad food, so you ascribe morality to food. This is something, by the way, I go on about a lot. Food does not have morality, okay? I promise you that when you eat a cake, it was not out robbing a bank or beating up a little old lady before you ate it. I'm sure you'll hear this from me many, many times. Food does not have morality. There is no such thing as good and bad. There are things that are more beneficial for your particular state and less beneficial for your particular state. So, for example, you know, I do a course for people, an online course about getting rid of your sugar habit. Do I think that sugar is morally bad? No. If I saw a type one diabetic um, about to have a hypo, I would be giving them sugar and it would be saving their life. So it depends on the need and on the circumstances. When you start to judge foods and label them good and bad, you give children very distorted messages about food 
and you get them into these habits whereby they worry about food. And when you restrict food, you create a scarcity mentality around that child. So they then start to exhibit, um, you know, hidden eating behaviours and they try and get hold of that food. Um, I remember actually a, a very well-known uh, nutritional therapist um, pers- um, colleague of mine who, you know, she, she was great. Uh, and of course, you know, she decided her children wouldn't have sweets and things when they were children. And that was fine. But those kids, when they got a bit older, they got labelled the Kit Kat kids because in the neighbourhood, because they would go around and do jobs and clean cars and do whatever they could to get Kit Kats. So if you create a scarcity mentality around children, you know, they will do anything very often to counteract that. And, you know, particularly when their peers are doing something else, children desperately want to fit in. And if they see their peers being allowed things that they're not allowed, I'm not saying, by the way, that you should allow your kids unreserved access to all the kinds of things that are out there that are less beneficial for them. Not at all. But if you start saying things are bad or they're not allowed or it'll make them fat, then that's going to create a scarcity mentality. And that's actually going to um, create all kinds of bad feelings in that child. I'm a bad person if I eat this food if I'm fat, I'm a bad person. And I suppose this is the thing that I get very stressed about as well. Because if any of you don't know, I'm a plus size person myself. I always have been. I probably always will be. I'm not a bad person. And your child is not a bad person if they're a plus size person. And they shouldn't be made to feel that way. So what can you do about this? Well, the first thing that you can do is to Google the petition which people are signing against this app and sign it. Get it stopped. This is not the way to encourage healthy eating in our children. If we want to encourage a healthy lifestyle in our children, let's promote it as something fun. Let's promote it as doing the activities with the children. Um, Let us... I'm just having a look if there are any... Um, other points I want to make. Let's encourage children to love and respect their bodies and let's promote a healthy lifestyle as part of that love and self-appreciation. Let's not please give our children habits of shame and self-hatred. I'm going to finish with a little story. You'll probably hear me tell this story many times because this was actually one of the stories that made me so passionate about body positivity and I will go over a little a little over my 15 minutes today because this story is important to me so I teach as you know and one day I was teaching um, a group of 11 year, 10 11 year olds and we, we were doing some kind of baking activity and they were these two little girls and they said no no we won't have any of this baking because um, our ballet teacher says we're getting fat these girls were like strings I mean, I know we have a childhood obesity problem. I get it. But these girls were like pieces of string. Uh, sorry, and I don't mean to be thinnest when I say that. They were beautiful girls. Beautiful, beautiful girls with not an ounce of spare fat on them. And what their ballet teacher was doing, telling them that, I do not know. And, you know, to me, that is not setting up a healthy relationship of love and compassion with your body. That is not setting up a healthy relationship with food. Um, That is setting the stage for disordered eating behaviours, which is what we see 
when we encourage restriction and we use negative and untrue language around food. That is not what I would want for a child of mine. I'm not a parent at this stage, but I am a teacher and I do see a lot of eating behaviours in children and that is not what I want to see. What do I want to see? I want to see children eating a range of foods. I want to see children enjoying food. I want to see children listening to their hunger cues and knowing when they're full naturally and knowing when to say stop. Um, I want to see children not begging for less desirable foods in order to Oh dear, no, maybe I won't get into that today. Um, I, I, I guess I want to see children enjoying a range of foods and, you know, knowing that there is no good and bad. There are some foods that we eat every day and that we enjoy. There are some foods that we eat on occasion and just, you know, not not feeling in any way bad or guilty when they eat those foods. I mean, I know that when I was a child, I ate a lot less sugar than my contemporaries. Why? Because my parents were saying it was bad all the time? No, because it was in the house and there were no specific restrictions. I mean, we never had cakes and biscuits and things, but for example, we would have chocolates around the house. And, you know, we had one chocolate occasionally after dinner and, and there was no big deal made of it. Whereas all my friends, they were going down to the sweet shop and it was like a big treat to buy sweets once a week. And they would buy all these sweets and these sort of things and they would eat them. And, and I never did that because I never needed to do that because because that was not the culture. So we can create a culture around food that is positive and affirming for our kids and not restrictive and guilt-making and setting them up for body shame for life. So let's do that. And if you're with me on this, then please comment and please sign the petition. So take care. I hope you have a very healthy day and I'll see you again very soon on Nutrition with Attitude. Bye!